Hello and welcome to another episode of Compass Chronicles. Today we're talking about knowing what you don't know. I know, that's kind of weird, right? Um, (laughs) Knowing what you don't know. The reason why I'm titling it so vague is because we're going to talk about this from a, a few different angles. Sometimes, um, you know, a topic that I want to bring up, I'm thinking of it from one particular perspective or one scenario, but it, it applies to um, a few different, you know, possibilities. And, and later people will tell me, oh, you know, I listened to that podcast, but I took it to mean this, and this is how I related it to my life. So, you know, that's the beauty of um, listening to a podcast such as mine, um, which I'm so appreciative of, you know, that you take the time to listen. But it's really just to, you know, I'm thinking of it. It's like we're having a conversation, a one-sided conversation, (laughs) but then you guys message me back um, afterwards. But it's, it's sort of, you know, a a thought prompter, you know, It, it gives you food for thought, it gives you something to kind of, huh, I never really thought about it that way. So, Last night I was going down the rabbit hole on YouTube um, and I was doing some research on, you know, single dads, single moms, that kind of thing. And I ended up on this whole rabbit hole on TED Talks. And if you're not familiar, TED Talks basically are like your 15 minutes of fame. Um, it could be related to uh, your business or your nonprofit. Basically, it gets your name and your message out there, uh, whatever it is that you want to share. It could be something totally, you know, a simple topic. It could be something uh, really complex, like human trafficking, something really, you know, substantial. Um, and, you know, there's like approval process that you, you know, depending on what area you're in. And, um, and all of that. So anyway, you know, people who want to get out into the speaking world, you know, it's kind of one of those things that they want to be able to say, well, I did a TED talk and I wrote a book and I did, you know, such and such. So um, I ended up just, you know, one by one, I just kept going through them. And I came across one uh, from Paula Stone Williams. And this is a man turned female. He transitioned, he's transgender. Um, And apparently he was a CEO of a religious Christian um, nonprofit organization. Um, He did a lot of speeches against LGBT issues and same-sex marriage and things like that. Um, So he... You know, his parents were fundamentalist Christians, and um, so he was living the life that he thought he was supposed to be living. He had a wife and kids, and um, and then he just decided he needed to be his authentic self, and he transitioned. Okay. So he's doing the speech as a female. Um, and, you know, just if we take a moment from the whole image side of what I do and my background, I don't know why when men transitioned and become women that they feel like they need to get a perm. 
I don't know why, but they all seem to have this big, poofy, frizzy hair. Like, women are trying everything we can not to have hair like that. <laughs> to tone it down, to calm it down, to defrizz and, you know, smooth it out. And we don't want to deal with all of that. But then they, you know, they think being a woman is supposed to have this big, frizzy hair. I don't know what, the, what it is, but I, I see it all the time. It's, it's just not very attractive. But anyway, um, and he's a tall, slender man in a you know he was wearing jean leggings and a red sweater and a scarf tied around his neck it kind of reminds me of like you know uh like those elementary school teachers that's that's what he reminds me of but um yeah baby come on in there's always a kitty who wants to come in Yes, well, you can come in. I closed the door to my office. And then he goes, I don't like it that you closed the door. But I don't necessarily want to come in either. Are you going to come in? Yeah, come on. Okay. I won't close the door on you. Okay. So, um, where were we? Uh, this is real life. Anyway, so... The outfit just kind of reminds me of like a, you know, elementary school teacher uh, from back in like the 90s. So his speech was about knowing what you don't know or trying to understand what you don't know. And he was saying, you know, he was going through some of the differences between men and women and particularly um, a white male in the United States and the male privilege that a white male has in the United States. And then of course, at the very end, he tied it into, you know, I wonder, um, I guess his children are adopted or I don't know what, it, what nationality his wife is, but he says my brown skin children, um, you know, what they're going through. I, you know, what it, what is it that I don't know about growing up, uh, in their skin and what they're dealing with. So all of the, you know, the transgender issue aside and, you know, all of those other variants in, um, or variables in, you know, watching someone like him give a speech, he did bring up some good points um, when he was comparing being a man versus being a woman. He mentioned um, some scenarios where men will, you know, kind of talk over him or disregard him or not take him seriously or mansplain to him as a female now, where he never had that problem before when he was a man. Uh, and I, I believe that that does happen, although as a female, I you know, it happens to certain people. It's not like in general where men just continually talk to me like I'm a bimbo. You know what I mean? There are certain men who behave that way. Um, and that's typically, you know, a low self-esteem issue. Um, and I'm sure they talk to other people, not just women, that way. Um but he brought up some interesting points um, in the comparison between men and women. And he said, I didn't know what my wife was going through. 
um, you know, as a mom or as a wife or this, that, and the other. I, I didn't know. And he said, now, you know, there have been many times where I go to my now, you know, ex-wife and go, I'm so sorry. I just didn't get it. And it was also interesting that he probably had a, you know, his voice probably was never very deep, but he was very breathy as he spoke as a woman, as Paula. And women don't typically talk like this either, but he wanted to soften it as much as possible. And he was very breathy. And I just, I stopped and I was thinking, I was really listening to him. I go, I don't know about him, but I would like, love a drink of water right now. He just sounded like he was so cotton mouth dry. And he probably was, you know, because, you know, people get nervous when they're giving a speech. But anyway, he, you know, he shared different differences and, you know, that we should fight for equality and that men can help us bridge the gap and fight for equality for women and things like that. And I go, okay. Um, all of that is valid. Although I have, you know, we'll delve deeper into those subjects a little bit later. Um, but he, he said that his elderly parents, um, when he first came out as a woman, um, basically were like, okay, I, I, we don't know how to deal with this. You know, they're older and they're in their 90s and uh, fundamentalist Christians. And they're like, this is weird, right? At the very least, it's weird. We don't get it, right? You know, back in the day... I was having this conversation with someone not too long ago. So back in the day, you know, when I was a kid, um, being gay was about as unusual as you could get, you know, in terms of gender issues and that kind of thing. It was like, if you were gay or a lesbian, it was like, okay, they're gay or they're a lesbian. You know, that was enough to, to make us, you know, have to strive to understand. Now that's, it's not enough. Uh, you know, it's transgender issues and uh, being a non anything and being a they and a them and a, you're a singular person and now you want to be viewed as plural. I don't understand, you know, so they've taken it to a whole nother realm um, and expecting, you know, for a smaller percentage of people, they want the majority to understand Um you know, and then there's the whole like mothers get one day and fathers get one day, but you know, the LGBT community gets a month of pride and gratitude and what I don't, I don't understand. But at the end, he was talking about his parents and he said, you know, he kind of eased into things. And one time he called, I think it was for his dad's birthday or whatever, and to say happy birthday. And then he asked if he could stop by and see them and you know, he had a short couple, couple hour visit and he's seen them since then, you know, they've started to come around and, but the first time when he went over there after his transition, uh, he said, you know, I was leaving and my, my dad said, Paula. And I, you know, it was like a big thing that he, his dad called him by the female name. Um, and he got emotional and he said, you know, I, just that he called me Paula, you know, was, was amazing. Uh, and he said, I, I don't, I don't understand this, but I'm willing to try because, and he said, you know, the love of, for his child was greater than 
that lack of understanding. And I think we do overcome a lot of things. And some things are uncomfortable at first and we react a certain way. And then we, we, we come around on our own time and sort of ease into things with a little bit of understanding here and there. And that can relate to anything that we're dealing with. But, you know, some people um, don't understand what it's like to go through separation and divorce. You might have friends and family that are, you know, looking at your situation and unsure of what you're going through and not being able to help you or support you happened to me. And I thought I was the only one and I felt like I had, you know, a scarlet letter D on my chest, you know, um, that I was going through divorce. And I just, I never wanted that for myself, um, for, or for anyone. I, I don't, I still don't want it for people. Um, but, and I help people avoid it, but you, people don't know what they don't know. So if they've never been through it, they don't understand how the court system works. They don't understand how um, anything works, you know, when it comes to separation and divorce. They just think it's like the movies. Uh, so, that you know, they give you advice and um, suggestions, you know, well-meaning, but mostly useless, right? Because they're not based on reality. But for me... You know, a few years after my divorce, come to find out I had a couple of friends who were going through divorce and they were coming to me for questions. And, um, and they said, you know, Bahar, we had no idea that, or I had, you know, they're speaking for themselves. I had no idea what you were going through. And the, you know, and as a homeschooling parent, you know, that adds a whole nother element to it. Um, but they don't know what they don't know. And, you know, some people say, well, wait till it's your turn. Well, I don't wish that on anyone. I don't want a marriage to break up just because somebody responds in such a way because they just don't understand what I'm going through. Um, there were many people who made suggestions where I just wanted to flick them on the nose and just be like, why are you such an ass? Um, you know, put yourself in my position for just a moment. And they couldn't do it. Um, they may get it one day, they may not. They may not have to go through it themselves. But if enough people go through it around them, they might start to connect the dots and go, oh, maybe it wasn't just Bahar. Maybe this is a whole thing. And maybe I want to stay the hell away from that and hold on to my marriage as much as possible. But there are so many instances in life where we go through something where we we just don't understand. I don't... You know, when people talk about race issues, I have never really um, been in a situation where um, my ethnicity was was called into question or um, felt any kind of prejudice. I've never really experienced that. Um, you know, some friends will say, well, because you're, you know, you're not that brown <laughs> or but I know, okay, but I'm not that white either. So what is it, right? What's the answer? Uh, but I've never really experienced it. So I can't speak for somebody who has experienced it a lot in their lifetime. But I also see things from an outside perspective. 
And when I see people constantly pulling that victim, you know, mentality or, you know, saying that they deserve more opportunity because this and that and the other, and I go, show me in your, (coughs) excuse me, in your independent uh, words and actions that you deserve this particular opportunity or that you deserve more respect or that you, you know, what is it that you're showing the world that you think you're going to get that in return? And quite often that person is walking around with a chip on their shoulder, isn't getting their education, isn't working hard, isn't striving for opportunity, isn't asking for more and more and more responsibility, isn't showing respect to other people, and yet they want all of that in return. So, you know, sometimes we can't relate to someone else. We go, yeah, I can't relate to you because I also don't speak like you and behave like you. And so I won't expect the same thing as you because I operate differently in my life. Some people, you know, are male or female and they transition. Okay. And sometimes they can't handle it because there is a deep dissatisfaction, discontentment in their own self. And that doesn't change no matter what gender they feel like identifying with. But you have to, you know, when they do that, you have to be prepared for how the world is going to treat you. And you can do everything you can do to try and enlighten people and to share that you're still human and all of those things. But in the end, when you're standing in the grocery aisle, and someone isn't thinking or looking at you very closely and they respond to you like a man or a woman, <laughs> you got to be prepared for that because the rest of us are dealing with it, right? So you don't know or to know what you don't know is always important, Right? If there's a particular area in your life where you're feeling a little weak or, you know, this is an area where I don't know a whole lot about it, sometimes we're challenged with that. We're faced with something and you're in a predicament and you go, oh, well, I don't know how to do that. Okay, we got to figure out in the moment, you know, how to deal with that particular scenario. But after you're done with that and, you know, the dust has settled, go, okay, well, I didn't know how to change a tire, but I better learn how now, right? Now that there's no emergency, whatever, now I better learn. Or, you know, I've never done my taxes before. Well, guess what? I better learn how to do it myself. I may want to continue to pay an accountant to do it, but I should probably know how to do it myself. Whatever it is. Oh, well, I suck at relationships. Okay, well, get better at it. (laughs) Get better at it. Don't just spend the rest of your life being horrible at relationships. Work on that. You didn't know what to do before. Okay, well, learn. Now you know. You know what you didn't know. And that's okay. We're all a work in progress. And there are all areas, you know, we all have areas where we're like, nah, I'm a little weak here and I'm a little weak there. You can always learn. 
And so it's not really a matter of, um, you know, us having an excuse or a reason or whatever. We, you can always overcome them. And, you know, you have 10 things that you need to learn that you're kind of weak on. Uh, start with one or two, right? Maybe you'll never learn how to change a spare tire. Okay, but you learned it to your taxes, right? So progress. There's no such thing as perfection, only progress. So I thank you for taking the time to listen to Compass Chronicles, where we talk about lots of different topics that we're all dealing with, some challenges that the country is facing, and um, some ways that we can work on improving ourselves right where we are. With Compass, we always find our way at some point or another with a little bit of direction and some guidance. And so I thank you again for taking the time. I hope you catch my next one. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.